this, you know, it's been amazing what God has done since, I think it's been, I don't know, what has it been, some weeks ago since we decided that we would live by faith and make sure the mission money goes to the mission. And just yesterday, we got a check from a family that we met five years ago, only seen them one time in our lives, and they sent us a love offering. Um, just amazing what, what God is That's doing. Right. Amen. All right, turn your Bibles tonight to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to read verse 3 to verse 11. Please stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through verse 11. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about, with question, about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. Supposing that gain is godliness from such, withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can take nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while they some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. I want to preach a message tonight titled Great Gain. Great gain. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the message that you have given to me. I pray, Father, that it would stir the hearts of those who have ears to hear as it stirred my heart as you were teaching me the truths that I'm going to give tonight. Father, in the name of your son Jesus, I bind Satan and his forces from our hearts and our minds. Especially, Father, the spirit of pride, the spirit of fear, and the spirit of greed. And Father, I pray that you would help us in a society that is filled with greed to be content. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand what is great gain in the eyes of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Great gain. There was a few weeks ago, I came across this passage in, in my morning reading, and I shared it with my boys before they started their schoolwork. And God began teaching me, and my wife were talking and discussing this very passage of Scripture as well as the boys. And then as I began to prepare, I went yesterday to some place to pray and 
asked God what he would have me preach tonight, God began to put many verses on my mind that all correlated with this passage of Scripture. And as I began to study, it dawned on me that this verse here that says, Great gain. A few weeks back, I remember a preacher preached a message about great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And he described the word great as meaning the captain, like the captain of peace, the, the, the height of peace. And I thought of that, and I said, I think that could also apply here. It says great gain, the captain of gain. The kind of gain that cannot be paralleled is what God gives us an opportunity to understand. Jesus, for example, was asked, what is the great commandment? It's the same word used there, great commandment. And he responded, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. So am I. The prominent, the, the preeminent one. And God says here, in this passage of Scripture which we read, that there are people with corrupt and perverse minds. And they suppose that gain is godliness. We talked a little bit about that this evening in our Bible study with the Institute and how that Many translations take out words like peace and put prosperity in there instead because it fits the modern gospel of prosperity yeah, gospel. That's and that's the day and age in which we live where, and I have seen it even amongst many churches, where gain is put together as godliness. As I began to read it and I began to understand that what God says about great gain, I began to see that there was many things that I didn't know and hadn't probably even applied to my own life, but what God says about great gain. God says that godliness with contentment is great gain. We can have godliness to a degree without being content. In fact, the Bible tells us there is a form of godliness, but we deny the power through yeah, that right. form of godliness. But godliness with contentment Amen. is great gain. Amen. You can have godliness without contentment. You can have contentment without godliness, maybe, but you can't have great gain unless you have godliness with contentment. Amen. The more content we are, the more we will fear God. The, less we fear, the more we fear God, the less we will fear man. The, more, the less we fear man, the more bold we will be to say, Christ is for us, Amen. who can be against us. I want us to find out tonight some things about being content. So that we can say, as Hebrews says, and we'll get to that in a moment, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man Amen. can do unto me. 
I began to look up content and to find out what God says about being content because I want to know what is great gain and how I can have great gain. And we have to, in order to have a great gain, I not only have to have godliness, but I have to have contentment with it. So I began to look up verses about content. And I found out that number one, to be content is to be content with where I dwell. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 21. Turn there with me. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 21. And Moses was content to dwell with a man. And he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. If we put it in context, we find out that when Moses was content with what he had was when God finally came to Moses and said, I have something else for you. Judges chapter 17 and verse 11. Let's read that one. And we're going to look at some scriptures tonight. Judges chapter 17 and verse 11. And the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was, one, was unto him as one of his sons. So in the Bible, as we find out content, and we begin to look up verses about content, we find that one of the things that God talks about uh, people being content, he talks about that people are content with where they dwell. And I ask myself, and I ask all of us, in our American society of bigger and better and more prestige and more power, are we content with where God has given us to dwell? Amen. If I'm going to have a great gain, if I'm going to have godliness with contentment, then I have to be content with what God has given me Amen. as a place to dwell. It doesn't mean that God will never give you another place. God, Moses was content with this place, and God gave him another place, but he was content with what God had provided for him. We have a Christianity, we have a culture today that is filled with uncontentedness. And as soon as we can make a little more money, we can get, borrow a little more to get a little bigger because we are never content with what we have. The second thing that we are to be content with is our wages. Luke chapter 3 and verse 14, turn there. Luke chapter 3 and verse 14. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? They're talking to Jesus. And he said unto them, I'm sorry, John the Baptist. And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And be content with your wages. How often is it that we find in our work world that somebody is content with their wages? What ought to set us apart as Christians 
from the people of this world is that while others are not content because they're surrounded by the philosophies of this world, that it is what we have that makes us happy and it is what we can get that shows who we are. We as Christians, if we are content, can show the world around us that there is something more in life than what we possess. If we are content with our wages. I know that as we talk about this, it's in our minds, we always want to argue with God. And I look at this and I say, God, but, but, uh, you know, but I need, but you, you know what I need. I need more. I think of the many times in Ghana as we went to Ghana by faith and had very little support and we, we didn't have a lot for a long time. And I remember my wife and I realizing and talking later on that we didn't realize what our needs were. Until God began move, removing many wants. Because God promised to supply all of our needs, but as we would go forward, we would feel God is not providing our needs. But then we would look at the promise, my God shall supply all of your needs. And later on, as we began, as we went forward, we realized that wasn't a need because we've done without it for a long time. It was a want. But our entitled, greedy, Cultural mentality says, I need more. But the truth is, is it never stops. What is enough? When is a wage enough if we're not content? Never. Why is it that people that make millions of dollars a year go on strike to get more because they're not content. So the, the amount that we have does not determine whether we can be content or not. It is what God gives us. We have a choice. Are we content? Number three, we're to be content with whatever state we're in. Philippians 4.11, I have learned in all, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The context of that scripture is Paul saying, I, you, you, uh, you Philippians, you, you didn't supply my needs for a while, but now you're supplying them again. And I'm happy that you're supplying them again. And it's not because I want something, but because you have, I want something for you. Because for me, Paul says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, I know both how to be abased and how to abound. In everywhere, in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We often hear that statement, and it probably if you pick up, and I'm not picking on them, I'm just, I'm just giving us an idea of what permeates our society, but you'll pick up a, a book from a professional athlete, and it'll say something like, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. But the context of that verse is, I can be abased through, with Christ. I can suffer hunger if I'm with Christ. Or I can have riches and know how to handle them rightly because I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I looked up the word state and I was curious, so I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary. And the, let me give you three 
definitions understate to help us understand when Paul says, I am whatsoever state I am there with to be content. Number one is our condition. Our state is our condition. Are we content with the condition we are in in life? That hits home. My family will tell you, and many of you know that I love coffee, and I make a lot of jokes about it. I tease in the Brown family about coming over and helping them. As long as you have Starbucks for me, I'll be there. <laughs> Brother Josh, he, got, he, he, he understood me right away one day. He texted me and said, can we have a meeting? I will bring coffee. <laughs> and I messaged him back, and I said, you know how to get my attention, don't you? <laughs> Automatic, scheduled in. But my family knows that I often have to go off coffee for days, sometimes weeks at a time. Because my kidneys from the, all the medicines that I've taken in Ghana with malaria and typhoid and whatever don't handle it anymore. And so it really affects me if I drink too much coffee. Sometimes, to be honest with you, I get frustrated at that. And it's hard to be content with a condition that is not optimal. Because we as Christians in a American culture are used to being able to do and have what we want to do and what we want to have. And to deny our own selves from something that should be attainable is a cross that we often don't like to bear. But Paul said, in whatsoever state I am, whatever condition I am, I'll be content. Another part of state is circumstances. Not only is our state our condition, but our state is our circumstances. And how many of us can truly say and, and say heartily, I have often been not un uncontent with my circumstances. Our circumstances are those things that are part of our life every day, those things in our life which change and we can't control them. And how often do we try to change our circumstances because we're not content with them? But over the years, as God has began to reveal more and more things to me, as I walked the Christian road, I, be, I began to realize that many things that I tried to control or change, circumstances that I tried to change, was literally trying to change the will of God for my life. Yeah. We live in a world that tries to plan out God. Our medical in America and, and in the Western world has come to the point where we try to go around God because we want to change our circumstances. But Paul said, I am content with any circumstance through Christ. Can I do that? You know as well as I do, we've been through some circumstances lately we, don't want, we didn't want to go through, and many of you are, have or are or will go through similar things. Circumstances that you don't want. And with Christ, we can do all things. Be content with our circumstances. Amen. Number three is crisis. To be content is to be content with our condition, our circumstances, our state is our condition, our circumstances, and our crisis. Many times, God puts crises in our life 
for very particular providential purposes. But rather than being content, we run in accusations of God. Are we content? If godliness with contentment is great gain, are we, in the eyes of God, considered to have great gain? Number four, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 8. First Timothy 6, 8, we read this already. And having food and raiment, let us therewith, be therewith, content. I wonder if tonight we were stripped of everything but food and raiment, would we be content? It's, go, it's, it's foreign to our society. But it's Christianity. Food and raiment. When I went to Africa, I began to realize that there was many things I had to give up because they were no longer obtainable. And I went through a lot of difficulties with being content. I was reminded of it after I had forgotten about it, after living there for some time and forgetting about that I, don't, that I go without these things because I had gotten to the place where God had helped me to be content with what, what I had and I enjoyed life and I had a friend from America come over and he was just having a difficult time and he said I didn't realize how much a thousand little things in my life every week make me happy because I'm having a hard time being happy now that I don't have them I don't have a buck and even if I did I couldn't run down to Taco Bell and get me a taco I can't run and get a cheeseburger. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because it's not possible. And I don't need those things. As long as I have food enough and raiment. You know, it actually says, according to this, I shouldn't even expect coffee. Amen? I don't think God qualifies that with food. Without coffee, be content. Oh, God help me. <laughs> My wife jokingly, I think, uh, said to me a few weeks ago, I know what your problem is, why you're so grumpy. You haven't been drinking coffee the last few days. And it's true. I get grumpy if I don't get to get up and have my nice cup of coffee. Food and raiment, let us be content. Number five, content with whatever God has given to us. Hebrews 13, 5. Hebrews 13, 
Let your conversation be without covetousness. That means your lifestyle. doesn't mean your speaking, your, your words. Let your lifestyle, let your, con- your conversation, how you live, be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. Now, for all of us, I think I can safely say tonight, for all of us, we have more than just food and raiment. I have a car in the driveway that God gave to me without paying one penny. I have more than food and raiment. And God says, with such things as you have, whatever it is that you have, just be content with what you have. But that's a rarity in our American society. We're just not content people. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what amazes me and even of myself? How many times we claim God's promises, but we don't fulfill the prerequisite to the promise. We hold God up to his promise. But we don't fulfill our end of the bargain. He says, be content. Don't let, let your lifestyle be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man can do unto me. The reason why I believe tonight what God has taught me through this truth, Brother Allen, is that the reason why we are not bold to say, the Lord is my helper. The reason why we are afraid of what man can do unto us is because we haven't seen his help in our life because we live with covetousness. We have coveted God out of our life. And our hope is in this. A few weeks ago, my boys and I were going somewhere and riding in the car. And I, we were listening to, uh, it's called Lamplighter. I, I, they have some audio books that are really, really good for, for everybody, but especially for kids. And they're listening to it and they're talking about Two men in the French Revolution. And they're in the cells because they were aristocrats. They, were, they, were, they had good lives. They lived in palaces. They had a, a lot of money. And one man is in there and he said, you know, I'm try- the, 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 he, he said something about God. And the guy said, you think God's going to get you out of this? And he said, yes, I think God's going to get me. Even though he had money, he was a believer and he trusted in God. And he, he gave a lot to the poor and he said, I put my faith in God. And the other man said, well, where's your God right now? You're here in jail. He said, but I'll get out. He said, because I've got money, a lot of it. And men can be bought with money. When the guard came, he attempted to bribe the guard and said, I have gold, I have silver, I have jewels, I have all these things, and I will give it all to you if you release me. And 
guard began to laugh and say, we've already taken it all. You have nothing. On the other hand, the man who was a godly man who had given to the poor freely had some of those poor people come and help him escape to live. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you had. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When we are content and we accept what God gives us, we quickly learn that God is with us. And that no matter where we are, what circumstances, what condition, what crisis, God is our refuge. God is our strength. And man cannot do one thing to us that God does not ordain. But if we don't live in that contented life and see the hand of God and the thing that American society has try, been trying to do for so long with the greediness is not to allow us to see personally the hand of God. And so our faith becomes not in God. We don't experience God regularly. We don't see what He can do. And there will come a day when persecution comes that those who are not content will not stand boldly and say, the Lord is my helper. Because, my friend, if we are selling out to greed now, we will sell out then. If we're putting a pattern in our life now that things are more important than God, our life will be more important than God when that day comes. I'm challenging all of us to have great gain. Let us not fall into the trap of the world around us today that says gain is godliness. But rather let's say godliness with contentment is great gain. That we may boldly say we want that confidence? Do we want that strength in that time? Let us live with contentment and have great gain. Father in heaven,